Welcome all to the official first episode. I am doing this. Oh my goodness. Uh, this has been a long time coming and it's definitely been something that I've been toying with. Okay, if I do a podcast, what is it going to be about? Yada, yada, yada. But it's here. And the first things first is y'all don't know me. So allow me to introduce myself. Uh, but first off, I'm Lacey Fields. I am my mother. I'm actually a teen mom. Um, I'm an author, an entrepreneur, and I just love helping women and girls find their grace spot, like find that thing, right? That keeps you in the groove and when you get into the flow and a lot of people need that help getting there, I know, and I'm going to um, discuss with you guys today how I needed that help, when I needed that help and how I came up with the name of the Grace Pursuit Podcast. Um, I'm also going to help you define what grace is, what that looks like for you, and then kind of lay out how this podcast thing is going to go, what the next episodes will look like, and just invite you on this journey with me as we pursue grace. All right, so let's get into it. About me. Okay. Everybody has their hot mess story, all right? So I just want to call mine the grace story. <laughs> it is uh, very interesting, and over time, I will kind of go deeper and deeper and share more um, when the time comes when we talk about different topics. But today, um, I just want to explain to you that I'm no different from you or anybody else listening. And I'm just somebody who decided to do this, decided to share. And I know that a lot of us go through things that we may not wanna share with the world. Like being a teen mom, MTV has made it cool, but in all honesty, it wasn't cool. I got pregnant at 17 years old and that to me was not the plan, but I knew I had to make it work. Prior to even getting pregnant, um, my life was full, right, of abuse, full of, of abuse and full of struggle. I grew up um, in the hood, in ghettos up and down the East Coast. And I've seen a lot. I've seen drug addiction. I've seen violence. I've seen poverty, very up close and personal. Um, I've seen the inside doors of welfare offices. And it's not a pretty story. It's not a pretty struggle. But we all know that we have to make it look good. We can't allow what we've been through 
to show on our faces. And I've lived my life saying, I can't allow what I've been through to show on my face because it's only temporary. And I remember telling myself, how did you go from being a straight A honor student in all these gifted classes to where you are right now? At around 15, 16, uh, my mother did not enroll me in school. And I heard Oprah say that school was the way out. So to me, I was like, if I don't go to school, I don't get out. I don't get out of this situation. And after replaying in my mind, not only like, okay, the worst things in the world that could happen if you don't go to school, I also replayed in my mind, like, this can't be life, you know? from the physical abuse, from the sexual abuse to now this, like this can't be life. Uh, But instead of me folding and turning to the streets immediately or turning to drugs and alcohol, I was like, okay, what can I do in this moment? I remember walking over to a place called Maps when we lived in Wilmington, Delaware, and it was a multiple alternative program. There you could go and get a GED, or if you had enough credits, they would help you get a high school diploma. And I went in and I was like, look, I need a GED. They were like, how old are you, little girl? (laughs) You know, at the time I was 16 and I probably looked 13. Uh, Like, I was very, very petite, like 100 pounds, and only like 5'4". So I go and I'm like, look, what do I have to do to get a GED? They're like, oh, okay, well, first you got to take this entrance test to see where you are and how much uh, studying you're going to need before you can do the, uh, take the GED. So I'm like, okay, cool. I take it. I think it was like 50, 50 questions. And I'm like, oh, this is, this is easy. And she said, oh, wow, you only missed one. I was like, oh, mm-mm, babe, girl, I didn't miss any. Let me see, which one did you say I missed? And I remember her having to go and get the director and them, you know, coming up with, oh, wow, you know what? The answer key that she was using was wrong. Um, and so I did get all of them right. I was like, okay, yes, honey, don't play me. And then I said, okay, what's next? What else do I have to do? They were like, okay, well, you're only 16. Um, You're going to have to write the mayor and ask for permission to take the test because you can go to high school. I was like, cool. Can I use your computer? (laughs) And I went and sat down. I typed up the letter. And I was like, all right, so do y'all mail it? Do I have to mail it? Give me the address. They were like, this girl here, I was serious. I was very serious. In my mind, education was the key. And being robbed of that really put me in a way where I felt like, oh, you're taking away education from me. You're taking away my hope for a better future. So I'm not letting that happen. 
I go in, I do everything that I'm supposed to do. Um, I honestly, I didn't attend any of the like prep courses. I just went and hung around until they gave me my approval. And once I got the approval to take the GED, I, and I had to pay for it at the time. I worked at Bullets. It's like checkers. So I worked at Bullets and I also worked at a, a real popular barber shop. So I used my tip money um, from there and my little checks to save up and, you know, pay for my GED and, you know, the things that came with that. And I never forget, they were like, okay, well, here you have your test date. It was like around July, August when I got the test date. And I believe I took the test like in October because it was freezing cold. They were like, okay, meet at this spot at like 6.30 in the morning or 7 in the morning because the test was at 9 or something. Some crazy morning hour. I'm 16. You know, I didn't have to be to school, but I'm like, ah, I gotta stand out here in this cold and wait for these people who I haven't seen in months. And I was there, and this guy pulls up in like an older Buick. And he's like, I didn't think you were gonna be here. <laughs> so I'm like, please open this door. Please have the heat on, sir. Um, so I rolled with him and it was two other guys taking a test. I get there, I take the test. I'm the first person done. Mind you, I have not studied for this test. And I'm the first person done. So immediately in my mind, I'm like, oh my God, I didn't finish the test. Oh my God, I must have got all these answers. What is going on? So I'm like, hey, can I see my test? Did I finish it? She was like, no, I checked. You did. I'm like, well, what is taking these people so long? Uh, I ended up waiting. I think the test time was maybe like three hours or so. And I finished it in like 45 minutes and had to wait for these other two people to take the test. So I'm sharpening pencils for people. I'm picking up tests, helping people, going around like, okay, you know, I became the teacher's assistant because I had nothing else to do but sit there. Um, I didn't bring a book or anything. I didn't think it was going to be like that. And I kind of went down in history at MAPS because I got every question right on that, that first little test they give you. Um, and then I had never came back. And I took the GED and I passed it that first time. And to this day, well, I know till about the last time I heard was maybe like four or five years ago that they were still open. Um, and they said, they still tell people about you. <laughs> so I told you guys that story to let you know that number one about me, I'm very resilient. And on my pursuit of grace, it was always looking for a way. I was always, even to this point, I'm, I'm looking for a way to feel like I am contributing to society and that I'm doing everything in my personal power to progress my life and to move forward. But also to show you that at 16, I was doing like things on my own. A part of the story that I need to tell you is my mother was not supportive 
And this is not to rag on her. She just was at that space in her life at that point where she was not supportive. And I had to forge her name just to get a GED. And I had lived my life having to push every door open, having to push every envelope. And it was at one point, I just ran out of steam. Just like in The Color Purple, where she's like, all my life I had to fight. I got tired of fighting. I got tired of having to be the sole provider. Once I had my son at 17, I thought, great, now I can finally go to college because quiet as it's kept, and I know a lot of people judge strippers, that wasn't my ministry, but a lot of people judge strippers, but if you don't have a supportive parent to sign your financial aid packet, mm -mm, boo, you're not going to college unless you, unless you pay out of pocket for it. So when you see people saying, oh, you know, I'm doing this to pay for college, and in your mind, you're like, why don't you just get financial aid? Um, I heard that they recently increased that to the age of 24, that you need a parental consent and you need a parent to sign the loans for you, to sign your financial aid for you. And if your parent doesn't do that, you can't afford it, you don't go. Unless you have a child and you're deemed independent. So having my son, it was like, okay, cool. I'm going to college. But having him, it was like, who's going to watch him? Who, you know, who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? And so I just kept pushing and pushing and pushing um, until I just kind of, at one point, just kind of conceded and said, okay, this is what life is. And once you get tired of fighting, that's the closest thing to giving up. Because not, I didn't give up. I just was like, I'm tired of doing the hard stuff. Being a teen mom, then being an adult mom, being single, then I ended up having two kids that I was like, whew, I don't wish this on nobody. I love, love, love being a mother. And I felt like being a mother was my grace spot. Being a mother meant that I could be very supportive of my children and that I could be to them everything I didn't have growing up. And once I started focusing on, I'm just going to be good at this mom thing. I forgot all about Lacey. I forgot all about Lacey's dreams. I forgot all about Lacey's goals. And I forgot all about everything that had to do with myself. And then you look and you realize, damn, where did I go? When did my dreams stop mattering? Right? Is that? mattering a word it may be <laughs> when did i 
lose me. And after having to fight my entire life and then putting myself in this position where I accepted and I poured into being a mother, that is what I began to identify with. And I realized that I wasn't anywhere in there. Then I got on this grace pursuit. That's when I was like, wait a minute, it's something else. I don't, I'm not just... A mom world, I am so much more. And I had to start working very diligently to prove to myself that I was more. And you may be out there listening and saying, oh my goodness, you know, I am there. I am at a point where. I need to prove that, you know, I am more or at least just rekindle that flame of me that I lost. And I know as mothers, we pour so heavily into our children that we forget that though you're going to run empty if you don't have things pouring into you. And I was like praying one day and I said, God, just give me the grace. Just give me the grace. And once I started saying, just give me the grace, give me the grace to, it started small, y'all, get through this week. Give me the grace. Every ounce of grace that I received, I was like, who thank you? Who thank you? Who thank you? <laughs> and when we look at grace, I'm, I'm going to go over the definition of grace. And like, they have so many, and I want to let you know like what stuck with me, what, that, what it means to me. But listen, we ask for grace for all types of things. We ask for grace, like, yes, I need grace to pay my bills. And that means, hi, what's the grace period before I get hit with that late fee? <laughs> so we need grace to pay our bills sometimes. And grace is, to me, the space between where you are now and where you are destined to be. It is the space to explore the journey. It is that everyday grind, that everyday experience that you will have every single day you have this but we are so busy doing 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 that we don't give ourselves the space to say this is where i am i know where i'm destined to be but lord i'm gonna need 
grace and this in between. On this journey, and I like to call it on this pursuit, because a lot of us know where we want to be, but we just haven't given ourselves the space and the grace to say, I'm going to get there, but this is what it's going to take. When you call up your electric company, when you may be late, if you've ever had to do that, they say, okay, Miss Fields, um, you're past due, <laughs> $98. And you have until the 17th, which gives you 10 days to pay it. You know what's due. You know it's $98 due at the end of that. And you know you got 10 days to do it. So that's different when it says somebody gave that to you, right? When someone says, okay, you have 10 days, but we forget to give ourselves time, periods. If you know where you're destined to be, you know where you are now, you, you figure out, okay, this is what it's going to take to get there. That space between there, you decide that. you decide how long it's going to take to get to your destination. God gave us that when he gave us grace. He gave us the, okay, you better get here. And you decide how long it's going to take. We ask for grace for a lot of things. But this podcast is going to help you with grace throughout the journey. We're used to asking for grace for our, getting our bills. We're used to asking for grace to help us with our kids. We're used to asking for grace to help us with our coworkers. Grace for change. Grace for getting over anger. Grace for our business. And grace for our day-to-day lives. This is about grace for the journey. This is about grace for the hard stuff. This is about the grace to fail. This is about the grace to succeed. This is about the grace to move forward in life, knowing you have a destination. Now, I want to tell you these um, definitions, guys, before I get myself all off track. All right. I got them on my phone, y'all. Y'all can't see me, but. So this is the one that I like. It's one online, and it says that divine grace is a theological term present in many religions, and it has been defined as the divine influence which operates in humans to regenerate and sanctify, to inspire virtuous impulses and to impart strength to endure trial and resist temptation. And as an individual virtue or excellence of divine origin. This part right here, and to impart strength to endure trial 
and resist temptation. That is what you need for this journey. That is the pursuit part. Because in order for you to get to your grace spot where you're like, ah, <laughs> this was what I went through. I went through this for this. Because you never stop pursuing. You never stop pursuing, right? Once you get to one destination, you're pursuing that next destination. But once you have the strength to endure the journey, to know that the trials and the tribulations are going to come, but know that you have the grace and you have the favor over your life to move and continue to make it. That is where I come in because that is what I needed so desperately. And that is what I sought was to say, I need something that is going to give me a second win so that I can stay in this race and knowing that I'm covered, knowing that these trials will come, but grace is present. That is how I was able to get here, to get right here where you're hearing my voice. This is grace. This is grace. I gave myself that grace. God, well, I didn't give it to me. I accepted the grace that God gave me. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to do it anyway. And so this podcast, the Grace Pursuit podcast, is for people who need that second win. For people who are looking for a fresh start. And for people who just want a guiding hand, because life, girl, child, some days life be like, ah, uh-uh. you know, <laughs> like, I don't want to do this today. I am done being an adult today. No more adulting for me. <laughs> or life can hit you with back-to-back trials back-to-back tribulations where you feel like, okay, I'm going to need something just to get me through. And so my, my goal with this podcast is to equip you with the tools and the resources and the motivation and the inspiration from myself and others to just get you through that journey to your divine destination where it is you are supposed to be. I just want to make sure that you know that you're covered by the grace to get there. And that's what this podcast is all about. I will share more of my story along the way. And hopefully I'll let you, you know, kind of into my world and the things that I had to go through to let you know that, you know, I'm either just like you or worse off. (laughs) But really just to humanize the experience because you can't even see me, guys. But I want you to feel that I get it. And I want you to feel that I'm here. 
And as long as I know that y'all are out there listening and that one person, one person, one person says, Lacey, you help me find grace. I just need one of y'all to say it. Come on now. Just one. I know that it was all worth it. I know that my journey and my pursuit of grace is helping other people find that grace. And we'll get into a whole bunch of stuff, guys. And I'm very excited for what's to come. But this is just episode one. And the fact that you're listening to it, girl, that means I'm in my groove. And fellas too out there listening, that means I'm, I'm doing this thing. And you can do your thing too. So, until next time, guys. Keep the grace. <laughs>